Hey everybody, welcome to the Sex Actually podcast. It's your boy Dave Neal coming at you from sunny Los Angeles, California. How's everyone doing today? This is the last week of January 2017. This is when we start to realize uh, we're quitters and we couldn't handle all the resolutions we made and we set the bar too high, right? Is that it? Or did we stick with it? How are we doing? What'd you guys give up? Did you give up sex? Try to take control of your life again, so you decided to close your legs for a little bit. Decided to stay in on a Saturday and watch some Netflix instead of going out there, hitting on those chicks. Uh, what's everyone doing? <laughs> I'm really. Oh, hey, uh, this is a. Uh, th- this is actually uh, the first week that we are featured on iHeartRadio. I was wondering why the downloads had spiked so much. We started getting all these new listeners. And I didn't know what it was, and I was uh, I was excited, and I found out it was iHeartRadio. So welcome to everybody who's listening over at iHeartRadio. We are in the relationships category. Who knew? On iTunes, we're in the comedy category. So let this be your comedic relationship podcast where we sometimes and most often get real. Because uh, what's more real in comedy than the love that is won and lost in our lives, right? A lot of love won and lost. It's a hard thing to hold on to. I'm holding on to it right now with my chick, Tasha Courtney, who's on the bed. She's over there scrolling through, let me guess, Facebook or Reddit? Which one is it? Facebook. (laughs) We just made a huge breakfast. We did the old morning, Sunday morning shopping where we just buy everything you can and put it into scrambled eggs. And Boone is to my right, our basset hound. He's excited because he just got to lick the plate. Boy, it's amazing how low the bar is set for dogs. Like, he's happy because he got to lick the plate of the scraps we didn't want. Like, Andy, he's probably happier than us. I don't know. I'm hopped up on Starbucks right now. So, um, yeah, I, I'll do, I don't always do this, but a brief intro. I'll tell you who I am because we do have a ton of new people listening. Like, the, the numbers just doubled on us. I am a 31-year-old straight white male. Uh, um, half of you just turned off. <laughs> I mansplain every episode about my feelings. Uh, is that the right term, mansplain? I don't know. Uh, I'm from Rhode Island. I'm from a nice, humble state of Rhode Island where nobody's cool. We're just Boston's little brother and, you know, north of the rich Connecticut people. So we're just uh, redneck New Englanders. Um, we live out here in Los Angeles. And I'm almost celebrating my third anniversary with my girlfriend. If you go far back on this podcast, about 190 episodes back, you'll hear me talking about a girl that was in the friend zone who I thought was into me, and she still doesn't admit it, but I had people giving me advice, and people were saying, hey, she's just not that into you, blah, blah, blah. Well, hey, look up, fuckers. It's been three years, and we're together, so who wins that? The point of that is sometimes you got to take a leap of faith. And sometimes you got to know when someone's just not into you. Uh, I don't know which one that is for you. We have a lot. We have two emails today that I wanted to go over. Uh, really good. One was at one. One was actually an iTunes review that was the most well-written review slash question I think I've ever received. Um, so I'm excited to read that. And uh, just tell you a little bit about the podcast. We do two episodes a week, and uh, usually the Thursday night, Friday episode is with a guest. We interview people about their sex lives, different stand-up comedians, um, people that are in the self-help world, actors, people that are just lost and honest. And uh, we find a little bit out about them. And then on the Monday episode, what I've been doing lately more than anything is just uh, catching up with you all and uh, having a little dialogue here. Um, 
Yeah, a lot of people have been uh, writing in, which is amazing. It's so great because, look, I've never endorsed myself as someone who knows what they're doing. So by all means, whatever advice I give, take it with a grain of salt, uh, unless you gave up salt for New Year's. In which case, um, good for your low-sodium diet. You will retain less water and look sexier. Um, I gave up sugar. Uh, I've done a good job. I've done a good job of giving up sugar. I dropped 10 pounds my first week. I gave up sugar in January. It has melted away the mental prison that I had keeping my thoughts in. I had a hard time articulating things because I was in this sort of um, uh, mental like haze from all the sugar and chocolate that I'm, I'm addicted. It's an addiction. And, um, there's no way, there's no reason to treat it like anything else than what it is. It's a horrible, horrible addiction. And, uh, the more I learn about it, the more it's just like, what the fuck? You know, like today we're buying tomato sauce and I have to look to see which one has less sugar. I don't need half a cup of tomato sauce to have 10 grams of sugar. I'm sorry. I don't, I trust my cooking. I don't need to sweeten everything up. I don't know. Let's sweeten this podcast up. Tasha, why don't you come over and chat with me so we can... Uh, yeah, she's off the bed. Oh, she's undone her top button on her pants. It's 11 a.m. in the morning, and she's already got her... See, in Los Angeles, where we live, there's street sweeping that's from 8 to 11 a.m. on Monday and Tuesday. So it's a Sunday, and Tasha's already parked her car for the Tuesday street sweep. So she literally has 48 hours where she doesn't have to move. Yeah, I'm saying, so you literally don't have to move your car till Tuesday morning. You're pat. You're 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 snowed in, as it were, into our apartment. I know you're waiting for. She's waiting for me to leave to go to work so she can watch whatever new show she has with a completely stocked fridge. It's a good day today. Um, I'm gonna read our first. Uh, what do you want to do? iTunes or the Gmail? Which one should we do first? Oh, they're both so good. Let's do the iTunes one first. Who are you texting right now? The- well, we'll just get over here. Okay, she's dancing. She's coming over. Um, Tasha Courtney, everybody, so what, uh, you're on. You're on mic. Right no one can hear you. You're on mic. We're one. reading some. There fan, she is. Fan mail right now. Oh, that sounds real nice. Um, I don't want to call it fan mail because that sounds very douchey. It sounds like '90s. My neighbor teen and I Bob. used to write like in the back of Teen Magazine. It would say like you could send letters to like Macaulay Culkin, Macaulay Culkin, and like other '90s teen stars, and we would send letters to them. Really? Do yeah. you think they got to him? No. What would you? What would, would you like? Include a lot of glitter and anthrax. Yeah. And just like packet full of like uh, maybe like confetti? a picture, like a picture of nine year old us. Yeah. Sunbathing. Even back then, oh jeez. From like the. They just got really weird. Disposable camera. You get your little printout. We have a. What's weird is that those like this, those that... celebrities must fuck some of their fans, which is just strange to think how. Giddy, the f- like if you're a Bieber fan ten and then he fucks olds, you. Ten-year-olds, fucking well, nine-year-olds. No, I don't no. think ten-year-old. I mean, when I was um in third grade, this kid Vince told me he had sex, and I couldn't wrap no. my head around it. He said he had sex, and the in, and I didn't believe him, but looking back, he probably had sex. He was like, uh, I don't feel like when you're in third grade, you don't even know like they what have goes below where. job parties. What they have little they they literally these fifth graders are all sucking each other's dicks. All it takes is like they have the internet. I feel like the person I found out from about sex from had two older brothers that were like high school age, and she was like elementary school. What age. did she tell you? How old were you? I was in elementary school, and she was the one who told you about sex. She broke the news. Yeah. Uh, see, parents should break it before friends do. I think. Yeah, because you get a lot of misinformation. Uh, what did she tell you? I don't know. I really don't remember. I just remember being like horrified and thinking that couldn't possibly be right. I remember when I heard about flavored condoms. Um, they were selling them at the Seven Eleven near my 
near my house in uh, in Rhode Island, and I just remember thinking, no way somebody's sucking on someone else's pee-pee. That's how young I was that I called it a pee-pee still. Because it's like, that's... And then, and then now we are here as adults talking about the different, you know, my episode last week was how to suck dick. Not how to suck dick. I'm not going to give people advice like I've, like I've done it before. Um, and if I have, fine. But I haven't. <laughs> but I, we used to play the hypothetical, like, would you suck someone's dick for a million bucks? And we played it in, like, high school on the football team. And people would be like, and no, no way. And I'm it's like, like, I'd yeah. suck it for $9,400. <laughs> you don't need to know what that money is. But I'm <laughs> what I would suck a dick for... Would you suck Your someone? bar is way lower nowadays is, when you have to pay for everything yourself. Yeah, I used to be like, I would suck it for like, yeah, I'd have to retire off it. Now I'm like, I'll suck it for first, last, and security deposit. Um, so we got a cool review on our iTunes review. People have been leaving us amazing reviews, five-star ratings. If, you, um, if, you've, if you've never done it and you listen on iTunes uh, on the podcast app, you just click the search button, type sex actually, and then you find where it says you, you click on the sex actually icon, then hit reviews, then write a review. And it's amazing. And I read them all. And they actually make me feel really good because that's the only gauge I have on who's listening. And anyway, we got one from, uh, we'll call her Joker of the Nines. That's what her, um, her username is, Joker of the Nines. She wrote the title Soul Connecting. Let me read it for you. I started listening to your podcast this winter when it started, when I started to listen to relationship podcasts. I'm glad to have come across sex. Actually, I appreciate the honesty from all guests and hosts. I can hear the transition being made going backward to last year's episodes. More spirituality is evident with time progression. Because of that, I wanted to ask a question. The last three men I have dated have not been a great fit. In retrospect, I see why it didn't work, and I'm glad they didn't. I got to learn from them and stayed on good terms with them all. This makes me believe in, quote-unquote, assignments, which is people coming into one's life for a particular lesson to learn at that time in one's life. Right now, I am working on attracting a healthy relationship into my heart, a true soul connection. I am 23 and find that most guys my age are not in that headspace. They are more into casual dating, no future vision in sight. After about a month of this, I decide to move on. I have written down on a piece of paper, you deserve deep and great love to guide me in the choices in love. If a man does not come to par, I let myself break it off. My question is, how can one find a deep, meaningful soul connection, soul flame, or can this only be found after deep healing of both partners? And when they are ready, they find each other. I know this is an idealistic way of looking at life, that there is a destined, destined mate. But I would like to believe this. Again, thanks for your craft. I enjoy the insight from the podcast and the genuine honesty. Yes, I cried yesterday listening to the episode where your woman comedian friend, I forgot her name, shared her struggle with drug abuse and recovery. Very touching. Thanks, Dave and Tasha. I'm getting teary-eyed reading it. It's such a great... Isn't that like the best written like, review slash question? She yeah, sounds? she sounds already like she knows a lot. Like she's wise about... I didn't know that at 23. Yeah, I She's, imagine you should. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my my personal spirituality comes and goes. I think all I think everyone's is it comes and goes. Like I felt like in college, I was probably more connected to like who I maybe not in college, but in my early twenties, I did feel like really like powerful with the law of attraction. You know, I read The Secret, which was just the coloring book of like blandness as far as what's out there with law of attraction. But then the more you realize, like oh, I'm like literally a beacon that can attract positivity. It's it's like once you know that, you practice it. She seems like she's practicing it, but still is attracting guys that. Well, she she has a couple good points there. Um, she said that she's twenty three 
and guys her age are not ready. Well, duh. Duh. Remember before we started dating, I was like, I'm not dating any guys under 30. You said 40. Uh, no, you said I think 40. I said 30. But 40 is probably a better place to Either way, to I was 27. But it's, it, I think it's important for a lot of younger girls to realize that younger guys are not on their same level. Younger guys have all these hangups. Even you still have some hangups about like, oh, I'm not ready to settle down because my career is not in order yet. Yeah, guys absolutely. Think that way. They're, they're not, they don't have the ability to focus on like, and and like nurture more than one thing at a time they're either focused on their career or they're focused on having fun or they're focused on a relationship and so until they've had their fun gotten their career in order they're not going to be focusing like a relationship is not a top priority for most guys unless you want to find a guy that's like like really bland with like like a guy might get his or somebody that's job. really in tune with like you know very spiritual and realizes I think you're that gonna they can, settle they can do more than one thing at a time uh, i don't think i think you're gonna get blandness if you get a guy who thinks he can do more than if you get a guy who's really passionate you're not his number one priority he's he's just out of college if give him a he's he needs at least a five years out of college to start to even consider finding what his mission is but my advice for her would be to like try and date some older guys and just see if that improves things and it might not i mean it's not always older doesn't necessarily mean more mature or more figured out i mean plenty of like d-bags here in la that are way too old to be acting so stupid oh yeah it's like bro chill on the hair gel you're 47 but i think that she's doing all the right things being discerning about the guys that she's dating she is realizing that they're not that they are not going to give her what she needs she is willing to let them go and that's the most important thing don't get stuck with somebody who's like that you're settling for call her tracy so we have a name here tracy so i think yeah i i think it's amazing that you're even that you're even hanging with us right now because you seem like you got your shit so much in order just um you know don't look for this guy be who you are and let them find you yeah, yeah but you're said, not gonna go to uh, like, Dave and Buster's and find this guy necessarily no offense they're not a sponsor or anything but um you know you know what I mean you you have to kind of like drink at near the water where he's gonna be hanging does that make sense Sure, but I think the more important thing is that she continues to work on herself, be focused on herself, and she's going to find someone who has already who has done the same. And what do you have to say about quote unquote assignments? I love that. I, we've talked about that on the podcast before. I I believe that everybody kind of comes into your life for a purpose, friends, relationships. What's they my t- purpose? Evaluate why I'm in your life, not why you're in mine. This isn't my therapy session. No, no, seriously. Why am I here? What am I doing? I think How much resistance am I causing you? I think you've ha- helped me to learn plenty. Um, <laughs> You're not going to give me the that credit. I'm going to get into. Uh, I think we. But I g- think that um, we we've taught each other quite a bit. I think you could say that I've taught you plenty as well. You've taught me um, like unconditional patience. I'll tell you this. So I'm, I, was, I told you this before. I was talking to these comedians last night. One guy is married. One one guy just got engaged. One guy just put it down. The, the deposit on his ring and then me so we're at we're like the um the anthology of man we're just like the i'm the ape and then he's we're just like one at a time and and it was so interesting because i was the first one to open up about my relationship because that's what i do on stage nothing super personal but you know i, I actually mentioned you know like I, that i've wanted us to go to therapy and and they and they were like they were like taken aback by it i'm like no it's not 
I was like, it's not a, that's not a bad thing that like you want would want to go to therapy before you're married. And I, I kind of related it to um, if this is just a joke, but I was lots like, lots of people actually like churches and people recommend that they, it's called premarital counseling, yeah, so that you can like just figure out your shit. Oh, the like Catholic church does that, yeah. Well, but they do might, they do the therapy with a priest, which I'm like, oh, maybe that's not the or best. a pastor or whatever. You don't have to be religious to do it, but I think it's a great idea. A lot of experts recommend that you. I want I want to do it with some earthy granola hippie chick, or better yet, a hippie couple. I feel like they would give banger advice. Anyway, I was like, look, the reason you go to therapy before you're married, it's like the same reason you get your house inspected before you put the down payment on. You know what I mean? You don't yeah. want to see any deep seated uh, cracks in the foundation. And like, uh, it's your good foundation. to be going to therapy before you have real problems. When you already have problems, it's like, oh, and we, but but a if people, giant mountain. For those that have listened for a long time, they can probably relate back and go, "Didn't you say you want to do this like 18 months ago?" Yeah, and we so, still haven't. So maybe by saying it through the, um, but we are here, still trucking along. Trucking by we're all trucking means. Trucking along. I think we do pretty well. Like, we're like sure, an, we have we're like an 18 wheeler. But that's, I don't think yeah. we're. I don't think we're on the verge of like an explosion but whenever we fight you i mean we probably we both just i feel like we both live in the moment or like it's fucking over it's done (laughs) you do it every time like this just isn't working out and then an hour later we're having lunch and you know on the (laughs) beach somewhere but it's important to just i don't know i don't know what the ring does to change that and uh, i I would never want to get married uh to change things it's really i I think the best case scenario is like the whole like don't let move move in to get it to your marriage that's just it's just bananas to me like best case scenario that sounds like a a smart idea because otherwise you'll end up in my situation where my boyfriend lives with me and now i can just expect that he's not he's got no fire under his ass to propose for the next decade Uh, so you think that you uh you gave me the milk without getting the ring on the old cow's hoof I don't know. So anyway, this dude I was talking to, he was like, yeah. He was like, my chick gets mad at me when I use the dishes sponge on the oven top. And I was like, yeah, that's a little weird. I was like, you know what? But you know what? Now you got to make a different sponge for the oven top, like the stove top. Like it just, it's one of those things is like you could spend the rest of your life getting nagged at by or her. Or you could just fix it. Or just fucking get a second sponge. <laughs> and I would just want to, I would just imagine going on Amazon Prime and ordering a thousand sponges <laughs> and having a sponge Two for sponge every sponge baskets. Like, I mean, put a label over top. Yeah. Oven and dishes. And that's a little more like OCD you know people, than like, no, of course, in the bathroom. Just in general, like the people who are allergic to gluten can't use the same sponge on gluten dishes and non. That sounds dishes. like a weird no, kosher not, a, thing. No, it's a real. It's okay, a real but thing. you know, but the point, the point of that simple, go- gorgeous example he gave is that you need to just chill out and submit. Just submit. It's is that the thing you're going to fight over? And I'm sure, I'm sure people have gotten divorced over similar things. Oh yeah. Because I've got things that you do, and then I'm like, why the fuck? That doesn't even make sense. What do I do? That there's, Everything there's, I do makes sense. No, there's plenty. Sense. I'm looking around for something. I can't give <laughs> an example. There's plenty of shit where like one thing bothers you, but then you do something completely different that doesn't bother you. And I'm like, well, if this doesn't, if this bothers you, why doesn't... But that's like the logic, and we were talking about how like logic just isn't a healthy thing necessarily for relationships. You shouldn't let people run away with like... You know, if this chick's like, what, you got to use a sponge on this, you fucking prick. I just think that if something is really important to somebody, your partner, that you should be okay with 
doing it their way. If if something really bothers me, like shit you leave out in a in a way really bothers me, then I think it, you can yeah. make an effort to just not do that, and vice versa. If I'm, I I'm do good something though, right? that I've... really bothers you, that really annoys you, but doesn't mean much to me, then I should just do it your way. Because well, that's you're lucky being a team. You're player. lucky though that I'm. Here's the difference: as a guy, I have lived with 35 male slobs through the course of my single bachelorhood. So anything you do isn't going to be as bad as things that they've done. Like the dude who just left shrimp everywhere after a party. <laughs> he had a hot sale. He got like a $100 gift certificate for shrimp. So he bought all this shrimp and threw a party. And he put about 10 pieces of shrimp in every bowl we had and like put them around the house like a surround system for crustacea. And the next morning, and we live in Los Angeles. The next morning, it's 90 degrees. The sun's hitting the shrimp and he's not remotely close to picking it up and in the shrimp which was on ice is now sitting in a pool of yellow water soup shrimp all over the all over the house and he went days without trying to pick that up that's so nasty that's what so when you leave a dish there i'm like fucking who gives a shit it's paradise compared to what i've been <laughs> versus you who's so li- maybe show me a little appreciation then. maybe i should start that? leaving shrimp out and show you how it could be <laughs> <laughs> well, that You've sounds lived, like a recipe for disaster it's a recipe all right <laughs> <laughs> it's on uh betty crocker's uh warm shrimp recipe so uh, so we actually have a second email which um, we, we actually have a we have two, we have a several emails. I'm not going to get to all of them today. We had the lady in her 50s. The she's a polyamorous lover who talks about um, oral sex and anal sex and all. Her email was amazing. I'm not ready to read it. I have to. And if she's listening, I, I love I love your, her stream of thought. She I don't think she included one period in the whole two page email. It was just <laughs> the most amazing brilliant poetic stream of thought and the more i read it the more i was like this is fucking genius and i want to share it with everyone i'm just i got to print it out and like put it in a big size font to read it because it's just gonna blow my mind i want to do it justice so we got an email uh yesterday actually um at our email sex actually podcast at gmail.com um we're gonna call her let's call her um cindy lou um that's not a real name but uh just gonna keep it private so cindy lou i'm gonna read her email i'll just read the whole thing um it's chock full of cool shit um, hi Dave, you respond. Oh, that's our second one. She wrote me. So, so after the first email, I w- it left me with a million questions. So I asked her some questions, and then she wrote a second email to get all the, the scoop. So let's read it. Um, Cindy Lou said, "Hi, I just l- started listening to your podcast, and I absolutely love it. I have a lot of catching up to do. I listened to the blowjob tips episode this morning, and I wanted to drop an email about role play. And then in all caps, it says, "We love daddy daughter play." Uh, my husband and I eloped after three and a half months and have been married for four years. We have a very active sex life and we love each other so much. We did not always know that we were into role play. I initiated it because when I started having sex with a man 10 years older than me, I started getting turned on by the idea that he was 33, more established, experienced, dominant, etc. while I was 23. Which is funny because our last email was from a 23-year-old. Yeah. So maybe the, this is beautiful how this is. Uh, so you need a, you need a daddy. <laughs> um I started getting turned on by the idea that he was 33, more established, blah, blah, blah. Um, I looked up to him a lot, and I'm not going to lie. Sometimes he talked to me like a parent. I started calling him daddy in the beginning as a joke, and I gradually brought that into the bedroom a couple years later. I had to do a Google search to reassure myself that we weren't sick freaks because the idea of this is very incestuous. Uh, It is. 
and that's good. Daddy-daughter play is not uncommon, and it's more about a nurturing Dom role for his submissive little girl. The daddy-dom-little girl relationship dynamic can be a role play that goes beyond the bedroom if you want it to be. I love that she's selling me on this. I love I love. She's like, yeah, you got to do this. Uh, each daddy-daughter relationship will be unique, but the main point is that there is a mutual respect. The idea is that both the dom and the sub put their partner's needs above their own. My daddy is the center of my world and his little girl is the center of his. Who knows if it would have changed our sex life because it was never terrible to begin with or if this would have saved our sex life later. But I can say that this role play enhanced the sex life we already had. I don't know if you've done a podcast touching this topic. No pun intended. Uh, I, I added the no pun intended. Uh, touching. Get it? Uh, okay. If you have, please tell me which episode it's on. If you haven't, I would enjoy listening to this topic and or contributing if you have questions. This type of role play has a stigma attached to it. People who do not engage in it will try to psychoanalyze you and tell you that you have underlying incestuous feelings for your actual father or your actual daughter, which isn't the case at all. Some people might want to try daddy-daughter role play but feel ashamed that they are associating themselves with the stigma. I'm grateful to have a happy and healthy sex life with my partner. Thanks for reading. Hey, that's great, Cindy Lou. That's so cool, though, that like she's she, that she wrote in, not necessarily like with a question, but with like a tip. Yeah. But you, not your thing, not your bag. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not going to rule it out entirely. I'm just not sure how I feel about I, it. But here's the here's the things that you, you, you feel like you're not comfortable with. It. I already look very much like your father. No, you don't. You look literally nothing like my dad. I think I look all. a lot like your father. Why are and, you imagining that? First of all, your father, I want to go with very good looking. Yeah, really if, good looking. If he was, but he looks like George Clooney. No, you your look dad, nothing your like dad George looks Clooney. like the British guy from uh, Dances with Wolves. It's Daniel Day-Lewis? Yeah, your dad looks like Daniel Day-Lewis. And um, that's a sexy man. Yeah, I would say that Daniel Day-Lewis and George Clooney Your look dad very has similar. like a native, he's like a white guy with like native American skin. Like he's got like a like a nice olive skin. Why am I describing? But, yeah, I don't know. Tan, I tan just, skin, black hair, dark features. You are not that. You, you are look, super pale. I'm not that pale. Freckly. I'm not freckly. <laughs> you have like red hair. You're... Well, wow, you're really know. you're really selling me I'm to the audience. I'm saying that you are so <laughs> d- different. My from dick what my just crawled <laughs> up into my nutsack on that one. Father Wait, really, looks I like... love that you're you're literally talking your dad up and me down right now. <laughs> I'm not talking you, you down, look, babe. You look at you, uh, you. Your relationship with your father, from what I've seen in the family trips we've been on and things like that, is a very much like admiration. Like you give you show your dad way more respect than you show your mom. Oh, way more maybe that's because he's he's your father figure and that's and that's fair and, but for some reason you're such he a cunt to your less. mom <laughs> you're, yeah. and oh okay so and i'm i'm not like your father in the sense that your dad he's he, and he's a sweet he's, he's a super sweet guy but he's very quiet he can just sit there and not say anything and me as a comedian i look at that like he fucking hates me i gotta go <laughs> do something and i kind of like I really must annoy the shit out of him that I'm just like because you're I'm so like, chatty. I'm like Donkey from Shrek, and he's he's well, he's not like Shrek. He's like a quiet man that just doesn't want to be bothered. And I'm like, hey, what are you doing? What's going on? And he's like, yeah, nothing. You know what I will say about both of you is that you're both patient. That's good for the most part. You're both pretty patient. So. But you say he's got when he snaps, he snaps. Oh yeah. Oh yes. Get out of the way. Do you want that from me? No. Is that is that what you're looking for? 
Is that why you rile rile me up because you want me to snap on you? (laughs) Um, Let's keep talking about this. So I had a question for um, for Cindy Lou here. I just said I was like, you know, I'll just paraphrase. I was like, oh, that's amazing. But I was more like, hey, talk about eloping. Like I I just there was a lot that she just like grazed over them. Like this is interesting. You barely know them. You're married. You love each other. And and I'm by no means about the traditional timetable. By no means, obviously. (laughs) Oh boy. Uh, But no, seriously though, it's like. you could say we eloped at three months. I mean, we were living together nine months into our relationship. That's crazy. That's eloped? true. I'm just saying, what's the difference? We started living together nine months in. We got to pick out toilet paper together. Yeah, she did it the smarter way. She got a ring on her finger first. Well, who knows? Um, she go- she wrote me back. I asked her all these questions. She goes, ah, you responded quicker than I thought. I found your podcast on iHeartRadio. I'm happy you enjoyed reading my email. I mean, um, she goes, before eloping, I always knew I wanted to be married. I just didn't know it was going to happen so soon. Society definitely pressures people, especially women, to be married by a certain age. I had a difficult childhood, and I've struggled with low self-esteem my entire life. I still struggle with it now sometimes, to be honest. I am not ugly, but my brain sometimes tricks me into thinking I am and that I have no purpose. My self-esteem has greatly improved since my husband has been an extension of who Can I am. Can we put a pause on this real quick? Let me finish this. Uh, no, 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 just I need to. I need to put a pause. She, she is talking about self-esteem, but she also said, "I'm not ugly." But it's just, it's just a thought, you know. Women, oh my gosh, why do we derive all of our like sense of self and our sense of purpose from like how we look? Well, she feels ugly. If she's insecure. No, but she says she's not ugly. But why is ugly the thing that makes you insecure? There are plenty of other things to be insecure about, like not being a a happy person or not being a healthy person or not having accomplished blah, blah, blah in your life and school, whatever, not being good at sports. All of these things could make you feel insecure. But the number one thing I hear from women is that they feel insecure about their bodies, insecure about their weight, insecure about the way they look, insecure about not being pretty enough. Is it men's fault? Because that's what we want most in a woman is their looks. I don't think it's anybody's fault, any one person's fault. But I do think it comes from like conditioning that happens from the time your kids, you know, what did you I have read? days where you feel I read ugly? Something, yeah, everybody You're does. Like, my stomach's no, but I'm saying this is something that I really wish that we could figure out how to address it. I know that um, I just read something the other day that was really interesting and it said that uh kids as young as kindergarten girls think of themselves as not very smart they did this game this test game thing where they said okay this this book is for kids who are really smart and this book is for kids who are fun or whatever or you know something not smart and um the girls would always choose the thing that was like less challenging same with um uh what did i say a game a book there was like a book version like oh if you're really smart read this one um and then there was like board games they said oh this is for the really smart kids and so the girls what's tended the, so to what's choose the uh, conclusion as to why that they don't consider themselves to be like achievers or to be like really smart from the age of like kindergarten so that's part of the struggle then it's like a conditioning that's happening from the time you're born that like pretty is important and that's what we're here for is to decondition ourselves whether it's whether it's because you're 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 ashamed into thinking you're not pretty or good enough or smart enough versus 
thinking you should be rushed to a marriage because you're 26 and you, you know what I mean? Like yeah, your working. time is running out on like your good years yeah, because so, youth and beauty. Yeah, the treads are low on your tires. Uh, that's a ovary. Uh, treads, tires, ovaries. Okay. Your treads on your that's ovaries. A it's a stretch. On your ovaries... Um, okay. So look, can I, can I continue yeah, here? Sorry, I've lost I all steam. I just, I, I, it was, it was a thing that I wanted to call out. Yeah. But she, I guess her, her, what she's trying to say is like, I'm not ugly. I know I'm not ugly. My rational brain knows I'm not ugly. My emotional side thinks I'm ugly. We can do that. I look good in the mirror, but then I start looking at my little chubby thing. I'm like, I got to get out rid no, of sugar. I agree. I'm not judging her at all. Yeah. Everybody does that. Everybody feels that way. It's so common. I just, I think that it's something that we should focus on. Like, you know, when we have little girls, making sure that they don't think that their self-worth derives only from being pretty young yeah. and pretty. In the end, let them be weird. Let kids yeah. be weird. You're a weird but in, kid. But like, embrace the weird. Yeah, embrace, embrace the weird. Embrace the smart. Embrace the sporty. Embrace the whatever. The embrace the achievement. Have. You know, but I totally guys get are it. taught that. What was it like? Something the other day, this little girl was like in the store with her mom. She's like a little British girl, and she all the shirts were pink, and they said like pretty and and cute on them, and then the the boys' shirts said like brave, and this girl was like, I want to wear the brave shirt. I don't want to wear the pretty shirt. Why can't I have a brave shirt? Oh, you're getting all emotional about it. I love it. Somebody send Tasha a brave shirt. (laughs) All right. The Atlanta Braves. Send her a shirt. This chick wants. No, I'm all about. Like I, these, this is stuff I haven't thought of, and I'm not I, like I, I always have to say I'm not a white knight. I'm not trying to be like well, women do power, but I'm like I see you know with the march and stuff how misinterpreted women are being for what they actually want. Who says women don't have rights? Just get her a fucking easy bake. Get him an easy bake oven. I wanted an easy bake oven growing up. I want what you want. You, we should have swapped toys. You can have my, uh, my little roller coaster uh, Hot Wheels toy, <laughs> and I'll take your fucking Easy Bake Oven, and I'll make delicious brownies. <laughs> Why can't I cook? No, jeez. But you're, you know, you're you're onto so much here. Let's just finish this up here. Um, um, she goes. Okay, um, I lost my spot. Um, oh, here we go. Um, before I married him. I was madly in love with my ex-boyfriend. We were in a destructive and abusive relationship for a little over two years. He was an alcoholic and heroin addict. Whoa. I knew from the very beginning he was an alcoholic, but I overlooked it because he made me feel like I was an important part of his life. He made me feel like I had a purpose. Eventually, the relationship was so stressful and draining that I couldn't keep up anymore. Plus, his dick stopped working from the heroin, and that was mainly what kept me around towards the end. (laughs) Wow, that took a turn, right? That took a turn just like his dick. That went south. Uh, This limp-dicked crackhead. Sorry. Sorry, Cindy Lou. Fortunately, he went to jail for a long time, and that was... I didn't read this yet. This this whole... Sorry, people. I'm just... uh, I keep, I keep losing my space here because I, I just haven't read this yet. And then I just lost my spot. Oh, jeez. He um, went to jail for a long time. Oh, man. Um, yeah. Eventually, the relationship was so stressful. Plus, his dick stopped working. Got it. Fortunately, he went to jail for a long time. And that was the perfect opportunity for me to break away and catch yeah. some new dick. <laughs> this chick's awesome. It took a while. But eventually, I met Mr. Dick 2 Bomb. And I've been a one-man super hoe ever since, a.k.a. Daddy's Little Girl. Love it. We have spent every single day night with each other since he first since the first day we've hung out. We have uh, 
<laughs> I'd want to be in jail at that point. <laughs> I'd be like, I'm going to go catch some prison myself. Why? If you had to spend all your time yeah, with me? Yeah, I'd rather be in jail be just to read a, read a book by myself. <laughs> Not having to scrub the stove with a different... We uh, we have each other's names tattooed on each other, and we, he even has a cartoon portrait of me on his arm. He has been a provider for us throughout our entire relationship. We are obsessed with each other, and this is the relationship I've always wanted. I've always wanted to be someone's stage fiver as much as they were mine. What's I, a stage five? Like stage five, stage five oh, clinger. clinger? Okay. Yeah. yeah, this is great. I wanted to be loved by someone so bad that I did things I didn't want to do for approval, and I suffered emotionally and physically in physical abuse with a junkie for a long time. I still question how someone so rational and emotionally and mentally stable could fall in love with someone so broken. Perhaps this is why I love daddy-daughter roleplay so much. While we were recording, I did feel like things were moving too fast. I felt this way because of society's pressures and norms. Society tells you to spend time with your partner, but not too much. They tell you that men are supposed to say, I love you first. They tell you not to move in too soon and that you're supposed to be engaged before you get married. You're supposed to buy expensive, bougie rings and make a huge announcement and drop thousands of dollars to throw a party then have a baby. I questioned all of this, and I brought this to my partner's attention. He basically said... If we like being obsessed with each other and we're having fun, then who the fuck cares about what society says? Because this is what works for us, and this is what makes us happy. We're in a healthy relationship, and we're not hurting anyone. We got married at the courthouse without rings and without telling anyone except our witness. Everyone on Facebook thought we were joking, and people think we are mental for having name tattoos. It's especially, That means she's British, because only British people say mental. Right? It's especially, <laughs> are you British there, Cindy Lou? It's especially funny when married people tell you this or when you ask... If they'd ever get their spouse's name, they make it seem like a marriage is less of a commitment than a tattoo when both are actually lifetime commitments. People fear tattooing the name of their partner on them more than making a life changing decision to marry them. And that's mental to me. That's mental to me, too. <laughs> that's fucked up. Wow. The, the fu- this is prophetic. This is philosophical there, Cindy Lou. And to finish her off with her final paragraph, this is so fucking cliche, but when you know, you know, and everyone needs to know that there are no rules. Your relationship is whatever the hell you want it to be, and reinforcing what you said, as long as you have open and healthier communication, then what the hell is the problem? We are consenting adults that like what we like and what works for our relationship works. And I am so lucky that I am experiencing what so many people search for their entire life and that's pretty freaking wholesome to me. There are probably parts of this email that I could have left out. Sorry for the novel. Anyway, thanks for reading again. Cindy Lou. Yeah. Cindy Amen. Lou. That's a great email. That's a good email. That's a good two emails and an iTunes review. I don't even know what to say about that. I mean, she was more preaching uh, what works for her than asking for any sort of help. I mean, here's what she had. We, we can just look back on it. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure there are girls and guys that are in a stage of what she just said. So she's dating this crackhead, right? So she's codependent. She's trying to fix him. Mm-hmm. Anyone who's dating an alcoholic is probably codependent because they have to deal with the other person's shit. Or manipulated. I mean, yes, probably both. Have you dated someone with an addiction? Because um, you're not the type to stick around for that bullshit. I am not the type to <laughs> stick around for that bullshit. Uh, I dated someone who was mentally ill. and um, What made you stick around? Sympathy? Yeah, wanting wanting to fix somebody. I also have struggled my whole life with depression, more lately anxiety. But it's, um, you know, I think knowing that I had um, been able to, like, come out of that dark place made me want to help this other person out of their dark place. And, um, and, and it's it, just not always healthy. It's way easier to pull somebody down than to pull somebody up. And Do you think you enabled him? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. In what ways? 
Um, like, just, what could you have done better? Just, just leave him earlier. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I, you can't make up somebody's mind for them to fix themselves. Like, they have to do that. They have so to true. be the ones to decide that and commit to like making a change. And, and their being bottom better. could be jail. Worst case scenario, death. But hopefully, they learn before they learn to fix it. And mm-hmm. it can be that they've pissed away the best thing that they ever had going, which I'm sure for him was you. I'm sure you were the best thing he had going, but it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. And, and, and the thing with addiction is it doesn't mean like if, you, if someone's dating an alcoholic, they're not choosing alcohol over you. They're addicted to alcohol. Right. But so you can't look at it that way. But at the same point, you can't, you're not going to fix them. Right. It's not your job. It's simply not possible. The best thing that you can do is get out. And if they want to come back years later fixed, then maybe there's an opportunity there. And in this there, case, but... it actually worked out because it took jail. It took physical, the, the, the law of the land to separate them so she could be cleared from that cloud of oxytocin and that commitment to each other. They'd be like, oh, shit. And then she finds a guy who seems to be at the same level. Codependents do... Uh, good with codependents. Codependents do good with a lot of people. Why? Because they are committed. Because we're like a fly trap. So it's like two fly traps. If they bump into each other, you know what I mean. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but if a, if if you're a, if you're a fly, you got to fly into the codependent's fly trap. You can still fly away. But the codependent flytrap is going to chase after you. I don't know if that made any sense. No, it really didn't. But I get <laughs> what you're saying. I think two people who are codependent. I mean, codependent sounds like such an unhealthy thing, though. But I- it's got levels. There's a healthy level. Let me ask you this, Cindy Lou. Write us back. So, can would, we, is would it you be codependent okay you- or is it just committed? Yeah, but that's w- it- well, okay. Okay, so but there's there's different levels. So you can be a healthy. Like I'm embracing codependency on a healthy level. Like you went away to D.C. and I didn't go crazy this time that you were gone from me. But in the past, you went to Mexico, or even when you went out with Jade and you went drinking at a bar, I was super like hurt because I didn't know what you were doing, and I've got my own baggage where where in the past I've let girls go off and do their thing, and I find out they kissed their ex boyfriends. This has happened to me. My like guys, we have this logic yeah, but, brain where but- we're like. Don't you like have way more faith in me than that? That's Don't something that's been built over time, but way more than that. But not not early on, not not a year in. No, that's whatever whatever fucked me up with past relationships. You don't understand that girls. A lot of girls, especially if they want to seek like love and have issues where they want love from everyone, they'll leave their boyfriend just to find love out love on the outside. Like this happens all the time. It's I happened with say that's it, just girls. I would say well, that's but it's happened to me with people. two different exes where they weren't over their ex because they wanted love from everybody. Like you're telling me, my love wasn't enough. I got a lot of fucking love to give, folks. I got love out there. Especially if you uh, write us a review on iTunes, we'll give you more love <laughs> on that. There, I have so much love to give. So when it's got, when it's when that's not enough, I'm like, oh, it's not. And in in hindsight, I'm like, oh, it wasn't me. I couldn't give her anything more. Like she just wanted. And she was Some people are simply just never satisfied. But, you know, like maybe you would have been, maybe, you know, if I met you several years earlier, you would have been fucked up, too fucked up from past things. And you know what I mean? So like, who knows? Like Cindy Lou here was able to like understand when she was out of the cloud of her, of her toxic relationship. Oh shit. Like this was a bad thing. And then she met a guy who was good for her. Only question is Cindy Lou, let me ask you this. Do you got like, 
this codependency is healthy till there's like jealousy involved. Say he went away on a trip with some friends or you went away. What's the communication like? Do you have to communicate? We've been married four years now. I know, but I'm just asking. I'm just prying. I'm prying into some strangers' love lives. What's what's going what on? What challenges? We want to know what challenges they face because it sounds like they, they're really excellent for each other. They are doing really well, but everybody has their challenges somewhere. So we want to know what is their challenge. Yeah, but I think it's great. I'm just really digging into it because everything sounds great. And I appreciate you writing in sex, actually podcast at Gmail. And, oh man, that, that guy, this is why I need an animator to animate. It doesn't always have to be pretty cartoons, but can you imagine this guy's, you know, on a cartoon, this guy's dick going down and then the bars, the, the prison bars <laughs> slam down on him. And then she's with some older dude and she's like a, a, the daughter now. You <laughs> could probably be pretty oh, good at it. Please. Do you remember that video? Like this was well over a decade ago. It was like the kangaroo. Do you remember it was like this, the, the world, blah, 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 you know, it's yeah, like the world exploding what, what at the, the end. Fuck, what the fuck, mate? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I need. I need that. Just Whoever, like a shitty little yeah, animation shitty like little that. Animation. I need stick figures of this guy, uh, this guy uh, uh, doing blow with no dick um, <laughs> for, for my enjoyment only. Um, anyway, so, oh, and then I have to say this, Tasha, um, it was so beautiful uh, you, yesterday when you were talking about the tattoo you wanted to get. Why? You got it. You got it. So I don't want to talk about that. That's personal. No, is it too personal? Yeah. Really? Yes. It's really. beautiful. No, I don't want to. You don't want to talk about, about it. No. Uh, we're gonna. All right. We're gonna tease that for a future episode. Why? What do you mean? It's like you're a strong. You 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 underestimate your own strength, and it's important for women to know how strong they actually are. Yeah. And I, I, but I mean this, I'm talking directly to you and then other women can sort of feed off the vibe that I'm giving you is that know that, know how, know how much, how, how men notice the strength of independent women and not necessarily independent women, but women that have to deal with shit. You came out of a couple relationships stronger. Do I still have to deal with maybe the PTSD of other (laughs) men? What have they caused on you? Maybe just like I deal with your baggage from your exes. Like I can't loving their exes. I can't walk into the kitchen with it. It's just in closed areas. You become a Vietnam vet, and you got in front of the. You become <laughs> Lieutenant Dan, and you just got a wheelchair off into the other room because some dude, you know, wouldn't let you go. Or I something. don't and like feeling fair. backed that's... into a corner. But here's the thing: I think that women have to remember just to like be brave. Be brave, be strong, don't let your boss push you around, don't let a dude push you around, and whatever you've got to do. However, if you're don't, if you not good at reminding yourself of that every day, put a little tattoo on it. Just a little tattoo. <laughs> a little tattoo on a little it. tattoo as a reminder. Or a sign on your mirror or whatever. Well, you, you heard know, it here like first. Our, put like a Sex Actually thing. logo on your inside of your wrist uh, <laughs> just uh, with a hyperlink so people can click on it. And then, uh, yeah, no. I, in Men, here's the thing. Men, we push our boundaries. We want – guys want girls they can fuck. Guys want girls that they can have no commitment with. And when they meet a woman who challenges that, they respect it. And in and when you're wondering, you know, our first person here, the 23-year-old, why guys – or, or like we have, a, we had a Dara who listens in Florida. They like, why don't, why don't men what we want? Like, how do I, you know, how do I get them to take me seriously? Well, well the start right ones by will. Taking yourself seriously. Yeah. A, and then you attract somebody else who's on that level. And by serious, it's not like you have to look like you're in a courtroom, but you be like uh, Carrie Washington from Scandal. Be sexy, confident. Be your own bitch. 
be strong and ha- hold yourself to high standards so that you ha- hold other people to high standards too. And if you want to fuck them, fuck them. But just know that they might not take it seriously. I need to say that they might. If, but if you're just not. if you're just fucking it, somebody just to fuck somebody, then you're not taking it very seriously either. So it's just you know it's. Did you take me seriously? I think so. <laughs> we were friends Confidence. for a long time first. That's the thing. Like that's something that's really important to me when getting into a relationship is that I have a good, solid foundation of friendship. Otherwise, I don't have the trust. So now I don't let you be friends with any other guys. I know. I'm kidding. It's go true. ahead. No, my my whole thing now is like with our relationship. I'm like, good. Go make friends. I'm still gonna be the best version of who I can be, and you're gonna like that. And as long as we work and on I'll her. bug you less during the day. <laughs> <laughs> Go on a hike with Stan. Who the fuck cares? Uh, we got to get out of here. We're at 47 minutes. Can you believe it? So that's wow. the episode, folks. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thanks to all of our new people. you got 198 episodes you got to catch up on. We have had so much fun. So just go find a title you like. Or if you email me, tell me what you're into. I'll give you a couple personal episodes that I think are great. We'll get this thing going right now. We uh, we just had our best week of downloads ever. It's all in the upswing. We're hitting yeah, 200 hey, episodes. Yeah, iHeartRadio. Yeah. No, fuck them. I mean, thank you for finally putting us on, but <laughs> fuck you for waiting 195 episodes. <laughs> I think it was my fault. I think I was pressing the wrong button, to be honest. Uh, so we're finally up on there. <laughs> now everyone can hear our true uh, love and and all the fun that we have. I think we got Bianca Cristovo coming on the podcast this week. She um, is a, a recent American citizen from Czech, uh, from the Czech Republic uh, comedian. That'll be interesting talking to her with today's uh, unfortunate um, boundaries that have been set up uh, internationally. So anyway, uh, so much fun happening. So many uh, cool people talking to us tasha and dave as always and uh people can follow tasha at uh tasha courtney on instagram and twitter tasha tv on snapchat go give her a comment on her instagram tell her that you heard her on here and uh, i'm at d neal's instagram twitter d-n-e-a-l-z and then the sex actually podcast at sex actually pod instagram and twitter sex actually podcast at gmail.com find us on any of the apps we're all we're out there folks thank you guys so much for listening and being a part of this team in this revolution as it were and uh, we'll see you guys later this week bye everyone goodbye